I'm Sam Mitchell, and this is Thundercast. On today's episode, we talked to Ms. Andrews, a physics teacher here at Eastern Green. So how are you doing today, Ms. Andrews? I'm doing well. How are you, Sam? I'm all right. So my first question to you is, what does teaching mean to you? Well, I think that every day that I walk into school, it's a chance to impact the lives of students. Some days you have really great days, some days bad days. And when you have those bad days, you just have to go in with a positive attitude and say, here's another chance to really impact the lives of the students. Do you think you have impacted some students? Because I know you impacted me. Let's put it that way. Oh, that's great. Um, I'd like to hope so. I mean, you can't reach every single student, but at least reach one. I mean, that's, that's the goal. I got you. I, well, you impacted me, so I think you reached that goal pretty darn well. Awesome. So how did you find about Eastern Green exactly? And what were you doing beforehand? Um, well, I'm actually from Bedford, Indiana, and I was teaching in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for about three years because my husband had a job in Pittsburgh. And so we were really looking to come back to the area, and Eastern Green happened to have an opening, and so it was just perfect. Looks like it worked perfectly, yeah, basically. It did. So what did you, what, so as we know, you taught ICP and different classes, but well, that go due to something, which I'm going to ask you here in a minute, you had to be go teach part-time. Right. Why, why did you teach part-time exactly? Well, for about four years, like you said, I taught full-time. I taught ICP and physics and AP physics and environmental science. Um, but then I, I had this hobby that I started doing. I started making um, magnets. Actually, more specifically, I would illustrate um, people's faces and pets and make them into magnets and sell them on Etsy. And so they became actually really popular on the Internet. We were on Huffington Post and BuzzFeed. And we recently just got featured as one of um, Etsy's featured shops. So we got incredibly busy. We're actually making quite a bit of money, so I went to part-time. So, yeah, that seems very interesting. How do you make the magnets exactly? You want to describe us for that? Yes. Someone sends me a picture of their face, and then I draw it. And then my mom actually colors it, and we attach it to this illustration board to make it nice and sturdy. And then we gloss it over and attach a button magnet on the back. So they're pretty cute. <laughs> they seem very artsy. Yeah, they are. I, I, I would never do that because I don't have the neatest handwriting, but that's glad you do. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun little hobby that's Sound- turned into a side business. It sounds like it. How did you find out about this magnet, though? Like, when did you feel like, oh, my goodness, I love this? Um, well, I had an arts and craft night with one of my friends before Christmas about three years ago, and okay. I drew my three dogs because I'm obsessed with my three dogs. <laughs> And I thought, oh, these would be cute as little refrigerator magnets. So I made them for all my friends and family for Christmas that year. And then they were really popular. So people were like, oh, you could sell these on Etsy. So that's what I did. Yeah, I bet you. I, I bet you did. That's really, that's really cool, though. Yeah. So how do you help a student that doesn't understand a concept? Like if this student's struggling with something in physics, how do you help them with it? Well, physics, physics is tough um, in general. Um, I always tell students that they should definitely utilize something like wind period, especially this year that I'm actually here for wind period. Last year I wasn't because I taught in the afternoon. Um, And I do try to vary my teaching methods because I know students learn differently. Yeah. But how do you, how do they approach differently? Like how do you teach this person from who learns visually and this person learns auditory? Like, Um, well, I think for example, with, we just talked about energy and physics And the way I was taught energy was just with equations and math. And so to help people visualize it a little bit more, we do these things called LOL diagrams, where you um, actually have to draw out like the different types of energy using a bar graph. 
and it's just a different way to approach it rather than just with numbers. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I, I'm not the best at math, but I bet those L- LOL diagrams seem like they help. Yeah, some, some, of the, some p- students love them because they are more visually oriented, and then um, some people prefer the equations. Yeah, it just depends on who you are, really. It does. It really does. Have students taught you anything in your career? Um, I think kind of going along with that last question, yes, because students learn differently. So instead of doing, you know, just a lecture-based class every day, I know that some students, they learn visually or they learn by moving around. Um, And it's kind of amazing, you know, vary your teaching strategy. So, for example, if you've been doing, you know, a lot of, um, not book work, but like a lot of problem solving on paper and then you change it to a lab and instead you're doing it a hands-on activity um, you start to see people really shine that didn't so much on just the paperwork yeah I think that's why I was so good in ICP it was more hands-on work than paperwork yeah it was kind of amazing I remember we did simple machines um, right after energy in ICP and a lot of a lot of the kids who struggled with the problem solving they just did outstanding um, creating the simple machines in that unit. Yeah, I remember doing the that stuck out. I remember doing the egg. That was really fun. That when you had to make the egg, you had to, like you put it on a track. Oh, the egg car. Yeah, yeah. the egg car. That yeah. was really fun. Yeah, that really gave students a chance to stand out too. It did. I did. I don't know. No, I probably did. I think I cracked the egg. I don't think you did. Did I, you? I don't remember now. We'll have to go back to the replays. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I probably have it in my file somewhere. What has been your favorite thing or class to teach? Well, um. This year I'm only teaching physics, and I love physics because that's what I went to college for. But I think my all-time favorite would have to be AP Environmental Science, which I taught last year and a few years before that. Because I think that it takes all of the different sciences, like physics and chemistry and earth science and biology, and puts them in the one subject that's incredibly relevant to um, our lives today for creating a sustainable future. Yeah, I bet. How could we, though, out of curiosity with your environmental science, how could we improve this oh, gosh. environment? Definitely switching to renewables instead of fossil fuels. I know that's tough. I think we use a lot of fossil fuels these yeah, days. Yeah, it's tough to switch over because you'd have to change infrastructure and uh, culture in general. Um, I also am an advocate of you know stopping deforestation. I'm really into going to traveling the world and... Um, experiencing what it's like in different countries, like going to rainforests and seeing all the biodiversity that's there. And it's a tragedy that, you know, a lot of those rainforests are being burnt down to plant something like palm oil, which we use in a lot of products here in the United States. I think we use a lot. I think mm-hmm. mainly women do. I well, think they it's do. in um, anything like snacks, chips, Oh, crackers. it is? Yeah. Holy crap, I just learned something new today. <laughs> so I think we all been inspired by some to do a particular thing or to teach, or a teacher should be at least in my mm-hmm. eyes. Who or what inspired you to become a teacher? Well, I knew I wanted to become a physics teacher when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, I'd always been like a straight-A student. I never had any problems in any classes. I didn't struggle until I got to physics because physics is a pretty challenging class. It's kind of like solving a puzzle. So when I got to physics, I didn't get it right away. And that was kind of exciting for me because it, it gave me something to solve. And my physics teacher was really enthusiastic and inspiring. So I said, hey, I want to be a physics teacher. You just want to be just like. That's what I did. You just want to be like whoever your physics teacher was, which if you don't mind asking, who was your physics teacher? Um, his name was Rob Spencer, and he taught physics at B&L. Does he, 
Does, it, does he still work there today? or He does not. Um, his last year was my senior year in high school, and I think he moved to, I want to say South Carolina. <laughs> wow, you graduated together, didn't you? Yeah. So you also started a drama club, I think. I think you did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. But why did you start that drama club? Well, when I was in high school, I was really into theater. I would say that was my main activity. And I know that they do a musical every year here at Eastern Green, but they didn't really have just a casual drama club. Um, so I started that as a Friday activity period. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. I would have joined, but I had other stuff to do. But what did you do a lot in drama other than theater? Because I bet you did a lot of theater, but did you guys like read plays? or? We primarily did improv activities where you're given like a subject and then you act out a act out a scenario or something and there's no script for fun it's just you're just thinking on top of your head right yeah that sounds fun it sounds really fun fun. we did attempt to do a play but being limited to just what is like 25 minutes once a week yeah that'd be a little hard not really enough time to put on a full-length play yeah we just had fun with it yeah we should have like a drama class yeah that would that would be really awesome that would be really not awesome so you also teach AP classes, like AP Environmental Science, as we all mentioned, that you mentioned earlier. How do you teach AP classes compared to your regular classes? Does Is the pace faster? Is it very similar? Or I would say the pace isn't that different. In each of my classes, I would say we spend about two weeks on each unit. Um, and the physics, the concepts are exactly the same. And I would say I teach it the same way, but in AP Physics, we go a little bit deeper, and the problems are more challenging because there's a lot more math involved. How deeper, though? Like, like, can you describe like how deeper and the math a little bit more? Um, well, for AP Physics, we'll do a lot of trig and pretty intense algebra, usually with just variables and no numbers, which is tough for people not to have numbers to manipulate. Um, so that's a little bit more challenging with AP physics. And in regular physics, it's just we stick more to the concepts. And if we do any math, it's much simpler direct math. I got you. That makes a lot of sense. You do stay here at Eastern Green, and I do appreciate that. I bet a lot of the students do who had you. So what's so special about Eastern Green? It's a lot different from the school I taught at in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, it was a very, very large school um, where you didn't really know. You only knew a small percentage of the students. And I like that here, it's, it's smaller, it's, um, it's like a community almost, and you know a lot of the students. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a smaller school and a smaller yeah. community. Yeah. That's what it, I like that too. Because if I went to a different school that was much bigger, I wouldn't be successful. Yeah, it's tougher when it's when there's like a lot of people. and there's so many people. Yeah. What do you enjoy to do outside of teaching? Oh, so like my hobbies? Yeah. I would say, I think I already mentioned the traveling. Um, I've Same here, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I've been to a lot of different countries like um, Peru and Indonesia, um, Germany, Greece, Italy. Um, so that's something that I like to do. Though I can usually only do that in the summer since I teach. Yeah, I bet. And then my other big hobby, I would say, is anything outdoors, hiking. Um, this summer we went to the, the Grand Canyon and went hiking wow. in Colorado. So that was, that was a good time. I bet that was a good time. And I know this, you described this in your class. You have two dogs, I remember, or you mentioned I got, earlier. I have three dogs. Three now, dogs, yeah. excuse me. You mentioned one of them was blind. Mm-hmm. How did that story happen? Oh, Don't mind me asking. So do you want me to tell you about all three of my Sure, dogs? go right ahead. So I could talk forever about my dogs. Um, the first dog we got, they're all rescues. The first one, she was found in a dumpster. Ooh. And she had lots of infections. 
she was in really bad shape. Um, she's a little Maltese. And so we took her in, and she was my first ever dog. And I absolutely love her. Um, her name is Pip. And then the second one we got a couple years later, Ollie. Ollie is the blind one. Um, when we got him, he was also a rescue. He had no hair because he'd scratched himself and he had scabs um, from a flea allergy. Oh. I guess... They had said cats had blinded him. They said cats had scratched his eyeballs out, basically. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I know. That sounds really bad. So it took about a month to bring him back to health, but he's he's happy now. Even though he can't see, uh, we do a lot for him. Like, I'll carry him up and down the stairs, and I'm kind of like his seeing eye human. <laughs> yeah, he, he just needs those blind glasses. Yeah. And then you had a third one. Uh, the third one is the one we got most recently. Her name is Ella. Um, and she was taken out of an animal hoarding situation. Oh, I she's, gotcha. she's a much older dog. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so they're all very sweet. They seem like it. I'm obsessed with dogs, too. So oh, yeah? Do you I, yeah, have, do you have, I have two big dogs. Oh, what are their names? King Corsos, and their names are Lita and Phoenix. Oh, nice. They're named after my favorite wrestlers. Oh. Lita is a diva, and then her originally is Beth Phoenix, but I took the Beth out of there and just named her Phoenix. So nice. use my, my little brain here. And my final question to you is, what is the most rewarding and difficult thing of being a teacher? Um, I would say the most rewarding thing is getting to interact with the students. You meet so many interesting personalities. Like, you'll get the students that are just hilarious and entertaining. Um, you'll get the students that are just brilliant and you know they're going to go places. And then you, you get to witness kindness from students. Like, I distinctly remember people sticking up for other students, you know, like maybe students that were bullied and somebody steps up and sticks up for them. And that's, it's just really, you know, special to see that. So meeting the, meeting the students and just getting to know them is probably one of the most rewarding things. I think the most difficult from, thing for me is trying, this is, might be silly, is trying to make my lessons perfect. And I know that can't happen all the time. And sometimes if one little thing goes wrong, it'll bother me. For the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, you got like that OCD kind of thing yeah. with teaching. It's like, well, and I think the first question you asked is like, you know, what does teaching mean to you? And I said that each day is a new opportunity to, to try again and really impact. And lives. improve every yeah. day. Yeah. I got you. That's, you just want to be pitch perfect. And I respect that for yeah. with teacher was. Probably not possible, but. It's not possible, but hey, at least you try, right? Right. So is there anything else you'd like to say or? No, I think that's it. Okay. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercast. Please tune in for our next episode coming very soon. If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast.egreen.k12.in.us. You can subscribe and hear every episode of Thundercast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podbean. All content in this podcast is property of Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission. All rights reserved.